재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Yes, weird and wonderful. And speaking of competitions, I think it was Tuesday you were talking about Michael Phelps and uh, his race against a shark or... Well, it wasn't really a race against okay, a shark. Okay, you know what? It was for safety precautions, all right? Yeah, but it feels it feels like a little bit of cheating. That you know, <laughs> everyone I think, or many people, were expecting yeah, Phelps to be in the water with a great white shark, and that would have been very dangerous. It would have been. So uh, basically, they said uh, they were going to do the the race, man versus shark, who will win. Of course, yeah. the shark won, but uh, they weren't uh, right next to each other, which got us thinking about if there were other instances of of man versus beast and i know that there have been uh many races um, sure we, we with jesse owens the, the famous athlete who uh, participated back in the 1930s olympics won medals he raced against a horse didn't he yeah he started this uh horse racing because uh, after the olympics he i guess was running low on cash which isn't quite wonderful but it is quite weird and uh, he won some actually but also lost a few um and that leads us to our topic today it certainly isn't a competition uh, we're going to be talking about attacks but don't worry because everybody did survive but it's quite interesting how uh, these how these things happen, how these accidents occur around the world. Absolutely. And the first one? Well, it's not exactly an animal you might think would attack, but it's actually one of the most dangerous animals in Africa. I know. It's human versus hippo. Both are dangerous, mankind and hippos. <laughs> um, it's the story of Paul Templer, who was working as a river guide back in the 1990s. He was taking tourists down the Zambezi River near Victoria Falls. Um However, one day when he went to the river with his tourists as usual, a huge hippo attacked them. It actually emerged under another guide's boat, flinging one of the apprentice guides, James Evans, uh, into the water. Um, Templar yelled to his group to get to the safety of a nearby cluster of rocks, and he paddled towards Evans. And he actually managed to grab hold of his friend's hand. And then, and then he felt a sudden darkness and slime all around him. And he realized he was trapped in the hippo's mouth. No. Yeah, he said, my world went dark and strangely quiet. I pushed and I pulled and I wiggled about all to no avail. Now, this is this is devastatingly scary. The hippo actually crushed him with his teeth. It threw him in the air, caught him and shook him like a dog with a chew toy, then dragged him down to the bottom of the river to drown him. Um, now, luckily, this is not the end of the story because the hippo did loosen its grip for a second and another apprentice guide, Mike, actually paddled back to help him. So even though his left arm was crushed a little, he was lucky enough to have a medical team close enough for first aid and survived this vicious hippo attack. Yeah, well, uh, did you know for the animals that have the strongest bite, they're actually measured in PSI, which is pounds per square inch. Sure. Keep in mind, the average strength of a human bite is 162 pounds okay. per square inch. So, you know, we go back to number number five. We have the jaguar. Right. Number four is the hippopotamus with 1,800 PSI. Yeah, so so 10 times the strength of a human bite. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Well, it's not just hippos that can attack. Our second story is all to do with a grandma and a bear. Sue Aikens uh, was alone at the Kavik River camp in Alaska, which is around 130 kilometers away from the closest road. She was a grandmother and spent uh, a lot of much of her life there. And one winter morning in 2007, she went to the river to gather water. And she was unaware that a grizzly bear 
was waiting for her. It was oh hiding in the river. And when approached, it leaped out and it actually snatched her. So the <gasps> bear rolled her onto her back and actually bit onto her or bit into her head. So she knew uh, the only slim hope of survival was to actually play dead. All right. Okay. This is no inception talk. You don't, you don't, you know, fight the bear. Right. You play dead. So she went still and submissive. Later, she said in an interview that uh, she had accepted what was happening to her, and then the bear let her go. And she went into the camp and patched herself up. Uh, she went back out again with a gun and actually shot the bear dead. Uh, when the bear was down, she finally felt how much pain she was actually in, collapsed, unable to move. She lay there alone with the body of the bear for a couple of days. And actually, a pilot passing by spotted her. And she was fortunately, very fortunately, saved after that. Yeah, it's astonishing what the human body can actually cope with. Um, you know, we hear stories about, you know, mothers, you know, lifting up cars to save their child the and things like that. Rush, yeah. Yeah, where your body, your body goes into that fighting survival mode. And it seems like that, you know, Sue could have collapsed at any moment, but her body knew... If she did, that would be it. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it helped to get to that point where she could survive, where she could kill the bear. Smart move. Oh, absolutely. But, but you know, to think what she, what she must have gone through, it's a terrifying story. And, well, we have another terrifying story. The story of a 62-year-old man, Ed McLean, who fought a cougar in his own home. Okay, we go back to 1951. He was 62 years old, living alone in a cabin. It was about 10 kilometres away from the nearest town. And one day he was out chopping wood for his stove and he saw a cougar watching him. For those who don't know, cougars are like big wild cats. Mm-hmm. You know, quite dangerous. They can really hurt you. And he hurried inside, but that night he looked out the window and saw the cougar was still there watching him. He thought it might be the light, so he turned the lantern off. But the moment the light went out, the cougar attacked. It <gasps> literally burst through the window and knocked him to the floor. Wow. So he was he was in a fight for his life. He managed to get on top of the animal. He dragged it to the kitchen table. The only chance he had was a knife resting on the table, so he jammed it into the goo's throat and rushed out of his house. Made his way to a rowboat, spent two hours paddling to the nearest human being. Mm. He got to the door of a cabin. He called for help, but unfortunately no one was there. He passed out on the floor, lay there for eight hours, unconscious and dying. And at last, very, very luckily, someone found him and Ed McLean survived this deadly cougar attack. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine if that would have happened to you? I don't know what I would do. I don't know if I would be able to survive. Strong man, indeed. And one last story, the wolves of Paris. And in winter 1450, hundreds of years ago, the wolves near Paris were going starving and they humans had had pushed the limits of hunting into the forest and the wolves struggled to find food outside so one day the wolves moved their hunts inside the city walls and they had not been fully recovered after the hundred years war and it was so easy for the wolves to slip through the walls so at first they just stole livestock but they coo- they soon became bolder and bolder and a pack led by a red wolf with a bobbed tail went into the city and started attacking people targeting the weaker the women and children okay humans had to get ready to to catch the wolves to stop the damage and save the families so when the wolves came back a mob chased them dragged them to the cathedral uh, cathedral of notre dame there people gathered up stones threw it at the wolves and the war be uh, between the, the wolves and the people was finally over but it's so interesting that, that could actually happen it's like stuff that you read from 
from storybooks and things like that. Sure, it, uh, but but I guess it's also a lesson that uh, it was the overhunting that yeah, drove right. the wolves to come into the city. Mm-hmm. So it was actually the people's fault. It's a good reminder to us that we're abusing nature and causing all sorts of issues and hurting animals. I think that's the other thing. We sometimes with these kind of animal attacks, we we blame the animals. Is that you know they're wild, they're crazy, they're attacking us. But usually, there's a logical reason as to why they're attacking and usually it's because we've provoked them in some way sure so wherever you are going out into the wilderness or even staying in the city we've we've had the uh, the meteji attacks you know the big wild hogs that come into the city those horrible mosquitoes that come at night <laughs> that's very true stay safe and stay unbitten we'll leave you guys with giorgio marauder and philip oakley together in electric dreams